Our family just got back on Friday from our second annual Christmas road trip extravaganza. That's the official name for it, because it's the title of the shared note that we planned the whole thing out in. We had a great time. The weather was far better than last year, although that did put a limit on the amount of snow time we got, which was much to Riley and Peyton's chagrin. I mention it because the Christmas road trip extravaganza meant I mostly prepared for this sermon before Christmas, while end-of-year roundups about various things were showing up all over the internets, and I was struck as I prepared by the contrast between what I was seeing in those end-of-year roundups and, well, the message I was preparing here. Now, maybe you have a cheerier media diet than I, but it seemed like everywhere I looked online, there was this pervasive sense of, well, that was a terrible year. Much of the time, it was like it was so bad and so obvious that they didn't even need to elaborate. The writer could just trust that everyone would agree with them that it was a terrible year. And yet, as we enter into 2024 together, our plan as a church had been to highlight the promise Jesus makes to his followers in John chapter 14. I'm leaving you peace. I'm giving you my own peace. I don't give gifts in the way the world does. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be fearful. And this in John 16, 33. I've said these things to you so that you can have peace in me. You'll have trouble in the world, but cheer up. I have defeated the world. So how do we square this? The pervasiveness of, well, that was a terrible year. And Jesus' promise of peace for us, his followers. I wonder how much the answer is actually right there in the verses I just read. I'm giving you my own peace, Jesus says, and then this. I don't give gifts in the way the world does. I think that's the key. Because the world promises peace too, doesn't it? Chase this, achieve that, buy these, have those experiences, follow this formula, and you'll have the life that you want. But Jesus' words highlight for us that that promise is usually a trap. The world doesn't know the path to peace, and so its promised gifts never materialize. They leave anxiety instead, or a deeper sense that there must be something wrong with me, because surely it's working for everyone else, right? We can't all be spinning our wheels down the same road that leads to nowhere. It reminded me of these other words from Jesus about peace. These came right at the end of his life. Luke 19, starting in verse 41. When he came near and saw Jerusalem, he wept over it. If only you had known, he said, on this day, even you, what peace meant. But now it's hidden and you can't see it. Yes, the days are coming upon you when your enemies will build up earthworks all around you and encircle you and squeeze you in from every direction. The reality is that Jesus longs for the world to be able to see and experience peace. But for most, it's hidden. And the result is an endless progression of, well, that was a terrible year, before we start again as if, well, this time it'll be different. Meredith and I decided to start 2024 with a series called Practicing Shalom. Shalom is the Hebrew word that's usually translated peace in our Bibles. But one of the key things for us to know as we enter into this series is that its meaning is actually much broader than the English word peace usually is. Peace can sometimes be extended metaphorically somewhat, but shalom goes even further. The entry in the old Hebrew dictionary from the seminary days (laughs) that I looked up begins with a sense of completeness. That's the primary definition. And then it moves through safety and security, both in the physical sense, but also in like the emotional and spiritual sense. Uh, There's a sense of well-being, health, prosperity, 
quiet and tranquility show up, contentment, friendship, you know, like peace with others, and yes, literal peace like the absence of war. I've heard the meaning of the word summed up as being holistic well-being, holistic well-being, that in all different facets of our lives, our relationships with others, with creation, with God, with ourselves, all would be well. That's the promise. And as Jesus says, he doesn't give the way the world gives. And so as followers of Jesus, we choose to believe that that sort of well-being is possible. And that when Jesus promises it, he'll come through for us. So in each week of this series, we're going to explore one aspect of holistic well-being and then pair it with a specific practice as a way of opening ourselves up to that aspect of peace. Not because the practice we choose is the only way to do so, but that it's a way that some people have found helpful. For today, we're doing more of the preparation work for the rest of the series, introducing the idea and then preparing our hearts for what's to come. And so what we did when we were live together is that we did some, something we've done before, really, and it was a year-beginning examine. An examine uh, can be a useful tool to look back intentionally over a period of time, noticing where, to use Jesus' words, what makes for peace was hidden, and on the other hand, when we caught glimpses of shalom. And so what we did is look back over the whole of 2023 in the hopes that we would be able to get some insight that we might take into 2024. So I'm going to begin by reading a passage from Lamentations and a prayer. And this passage from Lamentations we chose because it kind of maps the same progression from, well, that was a terrible year to hope uh, that we're hoping that we can also follow ourselves in this series. This is Lamentations 3, 19 to 26. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of Yahweh's great love, we are not consumed. For God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, Yahweh is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for them. Yahweh is good to those whose hope is in them, to the one who seeks them. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of Yahweh. God, we enter a new year. And 2023, like any year, held sadness and loss, disappointment and stress. It held, like any year, laughter and connection, enjoyment and hope. We know the change from December to January is both the ordinary passing of time and the marker of something new. And in this, we find we we think of how you are both with us through the ordinary passing of time and also, always, eager to bring something new. New hope, new joy, new courage, new strength, new life, new peace. Because of your great love, we are not consumed, for your compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. May your spirit guide our reflections, and may they lead us into life and peace in 2024 and beyond. Amen. While the examine is often a daily practice and a solitary one, uh, we're going to be looking back over the whole of 2023 in this reflection. And then we had a bit of discussion around tables in our live gathering as well. But we are going to follow the basic format of the exam. And I'm going to read out the prompts here, and then you can choose whether you would like to pause after each prompt in order to reflect, or perhaps come back and do this at another time. But I would encourage you to spend a little bit of time reflecting on 2023, where peace was to be seen, where it was not to be seen, 
and what that might mean for 2024. So these were our prompts. Step one is gratitude. Looking back over the blessings of 2023, the times when holistic well-being, shalom, was insight. What did God do for me and those I love? What are some favorite memories, joyful and full of life from 2023? So you can pause and reflect for a few minutes on that. When you're ready, step two is called review. It's kind of a deeper look at where Jesus may have been at work in our lives in the past year. When did I feel at peace this year? With myself, with others, or with God? What was I doing? What was the situation? What emotions was I feeling? So spend some time reflecting on that. And then when you're ready, the other side. When was peace hidden this year? When was I anxious, in conflict, isolated, worried? What was I doing? What emotions was I feeling? When you're ready, step three is forgiveness. A chance to invite Jesus to lead us more on paths of peace in 2024. As we were reflecting on 2023, it's likely that some of the times when peace was absent, we know that there was some part that we played in that, where we chose not to follow paths of peace. And so in this step, we spend a minute asking Jesus to forgive, to forgive the times when we missed the paths of peace in this past year, and to help us to see what will make for peace in 2024 and have the courage to follow it. Peace for us, for those we love, and for the world. So spend just a minute asking Jesus for forgiveness and for the Spirit's guidance in the year to come. And then finally, step four, renewal. Looking forward with hope for 2024. What do I hope God will do for me and for those I love? And then when you're ready, what questions am I carrying into the new year? These may be theological or biblical or questions about day-to-day life, our job, future, relationships. They may be about a decision that needs to be made or a feeling we can't shake, something like that. But spend some time reflecting on what questions you're carrying into the new year. And then again, when you're ready. And finally, how might I approach 2024 with hope? in light of my reflections today? How might I lean into the times I felt shalom? And how might I bring some elements of shalom even into the hard situations that I'll face? That's our final reflection. And I pray that the Spirit will lead you and guide you on paths of peace in the year to come. Amen.